time for another edition of the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast baseball season. It's in the air. Doesn't feel like it up here. We got more snow on the way up here in Crookston. Ryan, uh, things okay down there? I mean, I know we've had some postponements, cancellations, but all things considered, I'm hopeful the weather is somewhat nicer down in the Twin Cities. Yeah, I mean, we were joking before we got on why it's bearable, but it's not too great because we were supposed to have baseball in the Twin Cities tomorrow at the big place, Target Field, and uh, oh. that's not happening. So, <laughs> oh, Sadness. Hey, the good news is it's not one of those deals where, because they weren't playing Friday anyways, right? So, I mean, you back it up. It's not like we're going to have to yeah. fit in a seven-inning doubleheader later in the season. I'm no. not a fan of those at all. So, Well, and I've never been a fan anyway of you open up on a Thursday, there's all this hype and excitement, and then let's wait till Saturday to play the next game. Like, that was always so bizarre to me. So it feels like it makes more sense at the same time. It's going to be three degrees warmer. We're not going to have precipitation, but I know a lot of people who are going to the game, and it's still going to be <laughs> pretty bitterly cold, but hey, it's opening day, it's a tradition, so anyway. Got to expect this this time of the year, and for UMAC yep. baseball, it's no different. I mean, I remember playing in some very cold games. These guys are used to it. They can do it. Let's get these games in. So we got some stuff to recap from this past week of action, some predictions to go over, and then we got to preview a little bit of what's to come this coming weekend. So why don't we start work our way chronologically up here, Ryan? Where do we want to start? I mean, the biggest surprise, I think, without question this weekend, this past weekend, that is, came at the game you were at right there at Reynolds Field. I was able to watch this game, part of it, at least part of the series, too. I watched all three games for some of the duration. And Superior, they take one from Northwestern. We had a great conversation with Coach Oaks last week and how he wanted to change the culture there. Well, this is how you do it, and this is how you start to build a program. That is a monumental win, I feel, for the Yellow Jackets. I would assume you would agree, and does anything stand out in particular about how they played in general in this series against Northwestern? Yeah, I'd agree with you. I mean, we throw around sometimes program-changing win. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'd agree with the word you used. It was a monumental victory, especially in the fashion they did it, where it looked like the same script. Eagles top, front-line pitching too much, didn't need much run support, and they are going to cruise to a win and some late-inning magic, and we can maybe get to that in a moment. But what stuck out the most to me, Wyatt, is what they got after Ryan Rodriguez. And he pitched good on Friday in that game that they lost 4-3 to three to Northwestern. It was just the lawn ball that hurt him on a couple two-run shots from Keegan Verko, who's been he's insane. get hot, stay hot, red hot. I mean, but what, what we've been talking about, White, he's insane. And not to cut you off there, but what you've kept telling me is, okay, who else? Well, and that's just it. Does this say more about Superior and where they're at or more about where Northwestern is currently at? Because they got great pitching the entire series, the one bad inning when Crab was out there, obviously, and then Superior was able to capitalize on it. So they hit him around a little bit late in the game. But they couldn't touch Borma. Borma throws a shutout. He's a UMAC Pitcher of the Week. No surprise there. So the pitching has been there for Northwestern. Even Drinken had a great outing in the first game of that series. But the bats, huge question mark right now, Ryan, for the Eagles. So does it say more about where they're at, or does it say more about Superior and the fact they were able to win this game? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, a little bit of each. Like, I look back to Friday, Wyatt, like, yeah, Northwestern won and they hang on, but, I mean, they were putting out fires left and right, especially late in that game. I don't know if you Big saw that. Big play at home to get yeah. out that would have tied the game, I believe. Well, and just coming in, what Aaron Severson was thrown into in the eighth inning with nobody out, they wanted no. to keep going with drinking, and Nick did a great job throughout the game, stranding runners, getting his squad back in the dugout without any serious damage. But then 
Yeah, I mean, you talk about the play from Peterson throwing on home and then not even a great throw, but, man, that tag from Kramer Hamilton, it's its always something I say why it's way harder than it looks at home. Oh, to catch that ball where he did and swipe it across that fast I, is tough to do. I actually initially thought that that ball hit the ground and he picked it and got the tag after further review. He caught it in the air, but nonetheless, that's a heck of a play. And there's some big bright spots there with him and then Peyton Christensen and what he's been able to do. they got a couple freshmen coming up that have really performed. It's kind of some of these other guys that have been around for a while that need to start producing a little bit more, I feel like, for Northwestern. Yeah, some sophomores that I could think of, and, you know, we, we don't have to go high far, you know, down the order. But what I was mentioning before that I want to say is, okay, Ryan went the distance yep. on Friday and really didn't pitch that bad. I mean, he wishes he no. could have had some pitches to Keegan back, but he was good. He was a bulldog. Like, we always see why. He's going to chew up innings, but... We had questions, like we do so many teams in this conference, what do you get after your ace? And Matt Tappy was great against Owen Borma. And, you know, like so many guys in this conference and even outside of this conference, what we've seen in the past is just too much to handle. But, I mean, to scatter eight hits over eight innings of work for him and keep his club in the game and give him a chance, even though it felt like Owen's not going to be beat today, that's worth noting. And then more so what they got in the last game, not just from their starter Harbaugh, which he wasn't bad. I mean, he got through five and a third, two earned runs, kept his squad in the game. But a freshman yeah, thrown into the fire, three and two thirds, picking up five Ks and a couple of huge ones in the eighth and ninth inning to shut the door. I mean, I didn't see that coming. I don't know what you thought watching that game, Wyatt, where Northwestern surrenders the lead. Like you said, Crab trying to fight through it. Superior scores six unanswered for those who didn't see it. They're up by two. But then the Eagles load the bases in the ninth. I think there was only one out. Yeah. And I'm thinking they're getting the dub. And I'm almost positive bases juice one out is Mason Scrady coming up. And I'm like, you know, the Eagles are a gapper away from ending this game. And we've seen Mason do it before of going the other way or whatever. Guys are going to be flying around the bases. And he gets a huge strikeout. And then I don't remember what happened with the last batter, but... They come up with the win. Yeah, it, it honestly felt like Northwestern was going to find a way to steal that game after they loaded the bases. But like you said, they closed the door, and Superior, that's a huge win for them to even take one from Northwestern and where they're set up now in the standings versus if you drop all three of those and you're sitting at 0-3 to begin conference play versus 1-2, and that's a big deal because you're playing the best team in the conference too. So the schedule's only going to get a little bit easier from here. So big win for them you got to do it more than once, like you said, before you can say it's changing the program. So by no means is that what I'm trying to infer to. So like I had mentioned, it's it's a monumental win. There's more work to yep. be done. But I think it just goes to show what Coach Oaks could potentially be building there. And this is the kind of stuff that when you're able to do it in your first year, people are just going to continue to buy in and buy in. So Superior, just like that, is on my radar a lot more than they were a week ago. But why it has to start with a win like this for us to start this conversation of the program turning around. Absolutely. And they got that win. And what I'm trying to note, too, is if you saw the other two games, they're in those games late. I literally said going into the weekend, hey, at least for this first one with Ryan on the bump, can they be in it in the latter innings? And they were. And then they come back the next day without their top pitching, and they're still in those ball games. That's what was more impressive to me is the long haul of what we saw in three games from the Jackets. Well, that's exactly what I was just going to bring up, too, is they won the game when Rodriguez didn't even pitch. So, like you said, I mean, yeah. if you're able to steal a game without your ace, 
just think about what you could eventually build towards if you're superior. So their pitching is impressive. I think it is the offense, which Coach Oaks kind of talked to us a little bit about. If they can get that rolling, that's what they thought their strength was going to be. They could be in a really good spot. So that's pretty much my thoughts from that superior Northwestern series. Eagles got to get the bats rolling. We know what you're going to get on the mound. And more than anything, Owen Borma just reassured us he's going to win UMAC Pitcher of the Year. I don't think anybody's really close to his skill set, and he showed it once again. And, and I just forget why. I mean, I know you probably weren't surprised watching, but how stinking fast the guy works. It's uh, unbelievable how well, fast and when he gets the ball back to – does it feel faster than even last year watching it? Yeah, and it's tough – versus being on the field and then being like in the position I was in watching those games to really judge the two. It did seem like he was working quick and not to get completely sidetracked here or anything, Ryan, did Superior ever try to do anything to take him out of a rhythm or it seemed like they were getting into the box very quickly. Yep. I would be doing more of taking time between pitches, restrapping the gloves, maybe not doing the whole big poppy and spitting in your mitts and all that stuff, but maybe a little something because you know drinking i didn't know much about him he worked really quick friday too and then you know crab likes to go 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 as well we're all top when we get to northwestern you're gonna work quick we want to be the quickest working pitchers in the conference we want to boom 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 go 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 because as a hitter you don't want to be sped up and so if you can work quick and get good at that even when you warm up we want to work quick so uh, that's that's something that Northwestern teaches, installs, and instills in you. And, yeah, no, those guys all do a great job of that. And it can be very, very tough for a hitter to adjust. So, no, that's a good point that you bring up. But he was dominant, and to me, no question, I mean, he's the best pitcher in the UMAC. I, I don't think anybody's close. Now, a team could hit him, but if you're honestly telling me you can only pick one guy in the conference squad on the mound, I don't think any coach would argue without saying Owen Borma, right? I mean, you have to. Yeah. So Yeah, and I mean, eventually he could get to a place where he can take just a little bit longer if he's feeling more stress and there's guys on base. When you're cruising as a pitcher and you're mowing them down inning after inning after inning, and unfortunately on our broadcast, why you missed a little bit of his cruise along in the fourth or fifth inning because we had clipping penalties all over the place. But anyway, you are going to keep working fast because you're like, why stop? I mean, I think you even start to work a little bit quicker. Now I look back to the NCAA regional when he's in some tough spots against Johns Hopkins. Yeah, you're going to breathe a little bit more. But basically what I'm saying is, Wyatt, he was never really uncomfortable, and he may even have another level to go. I mean, he oh, was yeah. straight up dominant in that game. But, yeah, I totally agree. He's He is the favorite for pitcher of the year in the conference once again. So let's go to the Bethany and Morris series now. So, by by the way, the Northwestern Superior, we get a point in our predictions because we predicted who would win the series, but we both said they were going to sweep. So we did get that incorrect. We nailed this one, though. Morris is able to take a game from Bethany. Bethany wins the series, two games to three. Really weird series. I mean, we talked about this off the air as well, Ryan. I mean, you were going to ask me the question, did anybody anticipate the scores to be like this? I would assume you did not, correct? No, I didn't, and we were talking beforehand, too. I had to remind myself that Fierstad is the guy I was looking for in this weekend series. What's he going to do on the bump? It was more what we'd expected when he got on the bump Sunday when he got great run support and he took care of the Cougars where he went six innings in that game and only allowed two earned runs and kind of did his thing. But, man, two slugfests on Saturday. I mean, Morris just barely losing 11 to 9 and then they bounce back and win 10 to 9 in the second game had to be feeling good going into Sunday and then you know you just run into one of the better pitchers in the conference and meanwhile on your end of things if you're the Cougars you're just saying okay 
We know we can hit. We talked about that going into the season, Why with all the returners in their lineup. Pitching staff, please, can you just do enough for us? Just enough to keep us in the game. Because Pretty you much. can't expect to score 10 in three straight games on the road against a club who is picked to finish second in the conference. No, and you do that, and then you lose a game, like you mentioned, that's got to be somewhat deflating, I feel like, if you're a Cougars fan or if you're on that team. And offensively, you're doing so much against a good pitching staff, and you're still not winning. So for them to get a game... That was huge. And then, like you said, I mean, Fierce said when he's on, he's one of the best pitchers in the conference, no doubt. And he had a great performance. They actually used him to close out in game one. So he pitched twice in this series. I think he's better as a starter. But to know he can come out of the bullpen, too, that adds another element to this Bethany pitching rotation. So Bethany, similarly, they can hit. I think we would have expected these to maybe be a little bit more low scoring. But I wouldn't be too concerned either if I'm a Vikings fan. We know Morris can stroke it. They had a good weekend hitting at the plate. I wouldn't read too much into this series specifically. If this continues to become a trend, then that's where we got to take a step back and look and see is Bethany's rotation really not as good as we maybe thought it was. Well, and based on what we just talked about moments ago and then with what we're talking about here, I know we're not getting to it right now, but it makes it all the more compelling, in my opinion, what we're going to see in Mankato this coming weekend with the Jackets marching into town. I mean... Vikings fans, supporters, players, coaches, they got to be on alert. And the Jackets are looking at those results from last weekend and saying, all right, boys, let's not just walk in here and say, ah, maybe we can scratch across rule one. I mean, it starts with one, obviously, but why not win the series if you're the Jackets on the road? Well, and with the way it's set up, and we've talked about this before, but Rodriguez is going to throw again. You're basically set up where you could pitch against every single team in the conference if you want to. So you're always going to have a chance in that game if you're superior. And then with what they got against Northwestern, they easily could be Bethany again in another game. So, yeah, I mean, they're in a position they could easily go in there and win this series. So Bethany does need to be on high alert going into this weekend series. And it's really compelling looking at the standings now, Ryan, and seeing Bethany 3-1, and Northwestern 3-1. and First place is 1-0 crown. They're in first. They haven't lost a game yet. So it is those three teams that have already separated themselves a little bit, if you will. But these other teams are lurking behind, and with this new format, I think it's showing it gives more of a possibility for upsets on a weekly basis. Yes, there's not as nearly as much breathing room that, at least I thought, that we were going to see early on. And, hey, if Northwestern and Bethany come up with sweeps this well, weekend, th- that can th- change. Yeah, exactly. Things can change quickly, but just based on what we saw, I think it's very close. And I got to correct myself, Wyatt. It is not in Mankato this weekend. Sorry, Jacket fans. You are hosting the Vikings, okay? Hey, they're not you sorry. Get that they're, at your they're, place. Ha- they're happy no, to No, pack that thing out and make it a tough atmosphere to play in for the Vikings. I was going to say, you always called out the basketball fans during the basketball <laughs> season. Are you going to be you calling out the baseball fans, too? They better be well, out there. Here's the deal, Wyatt. I don't know as much as far as past years go about fan attendance across the conference so again this is where I'm going to lean on you like I am going to do for so many things in the baseball season in the basketball season it's more of a factor I'd say I'm not ripping on baseball fans but when you're in a barn and that place is rocking and it's indoors and the sound's trapped in it's way different than it's 43 and it feels like 36 with the wind coming off the lake and it's whipping hard I mean fans matter it's nice to have them there but even Northwestern wide had a good crowd and a number of times this weekend, I'm like, all right, time to get to your feet. Oh, wait, they're all too cold. Like, if yeah. you're ever going to get to your feet, folks, there's two out in the ninth. Just stand up already, and they wouldn't do it. So. Sure. 
Well, and I would argue not to get into this, but hey, you can warm yourself up if you're standing, moving around a little uh, that's bit. That's what I. That's what I kept saying on the get broadcast, on, and no one wanted feet. to listen. Oh my goodness, <laughs> what what do you do? Anyways, no, it should be a very interesting series there. That's kind of where the eyes are going to turn outside of the Northwestern Crown series, which I think is number one on the docket for this upcoming weekend. Is there anything else to really recap from this past weekend of play? The runs, uh, really no surprises or shocks anywhere else within the conference i mean crown is doing what they're doing we're gonna learn a lot well, well crown didn't play i mean they're doing what they did play all I their games they, against martin luther were i thought they had back. one are you oh really see i thought they picked up that one conference win this weekend so when where, where's their conference win? we happen? we talked about it last week they had that one gamer a week ago tuesday against morris where they smoked them 13 to 3 that's gotcha. the only that's, one that's that's the one i was thinking about so never mind but nonetheless what i was going to say is we're going to know a lot more about crown in the next couple of days. And that series has already been pushed from Friday to a, I believe Saturday, Sunday, they're going to play two Saturday, one Sunday now. So it's, it's been pushed back due to weather. I'm sure we may end up having similar events happen throughout the conference, depending on what the weather does. At least they're still on track to get all these games in though. I would rather you play all three if you can in one weekend and do it that way rather than split them up, which I know some teams have been doing this year, but to have them all in one series, one weekend series, I think that's a lot better than potentially having the same pitcher throw against the same team twice in the regular season. I agree. I agree, and it just builds to the suspense and the drama of it. I'm sure Crown would tell you we would rather play Northwestern three times in two days. Well, they would tell you that because they don't want to face Borma twice, yeah, obviously. I, so Yeah, that and <laughs> but, maybe uh, other reasons too, but yes. And they got the home field advantage here in this one, although they played a different home field apparently every year. So I don't know how much of a home field advantage it is. but Yeah, well, and uh, I've heard some uh, interesting things about that park from uh, some connections that we have. Probably Crown, probably isn't like the one we played at last year where you got the uh, the electrical uh wires going across home plate but anyways. hey i told you i have a soft spot soft spot for that field that you guys played at. Ah, no, yeah. this is the home this is the home field of the saint bonnie saints town ball out west so you know it's high class hey when you, when i hear the bonnies i think about that five senior saint bonaventure bonnies class on the, on the hardwood i mean th- thank you from all of us for for according to john ross anyways <laughs> so i don't think we need to recap anything else ryan but let's get into previewing these matchups this week let's start with the main entree the main platter northwestern crown what what do you think i mean i think when borma pitches northwestern's without a doubt a favorite i would argue it's a complete toss-up otherwise though in the other two games i mean i know crab is crab but superior got to him a little bit we know crown's lineup is deadly we also know Crown, at the top at least of their pitching rotation, has proven to be solid. So I think it's a toss-up in those two, and Northwestern definitely has the edge, obviously, when the big O throws. My first question when looking at this three-game bit, Wyatt, can we guarantee? Are we going to see what everyone wants to see Saturday at noon? Is it going to be the big O versus Newman? Because this is now what I turn it over to you because you can get in the mind of these managers more, being that you played under Heber for a number of years. They pitched drink in game one last weekend, okay? We know Borma looked dominant. We already went over that. We know how dangerous the crown lineup is. Is the first thing that Heber and his staff is thinking going into this matchup, 
when are they going to throw Newman? And then that helps us figure out when we throw Borma. Because if you're on Northwestern side, are you trying to match Borma with Newman? Or are you saying, nope, we're not worried about it. We're purely on our side. And then if you're on Crown's side, are they trying to determine, hey, when is Northwestern going to throw Borma? Because then we really want Newman because we know how tough it's going to be to score on Borma. I would almost look at it the other way if I'm Crown and say, let's not pitch Newman, if anything, if they're even looking into this at all, which I would guess they're probably not. And I would say similarly, Northwestern's not. I think for both these programs and teams, it's more about them than their opponent, at least at this point in the regular season. So it's not too much game planning. If you were going to look into this, though, wouldn't you want to save Newman and not pitch him against Borma because you know how tough it's going to be? Why not try and use him in a game where you feel like you have a better chance? That's how let's I would put, look at it. Let's not put all of our eggs in one basket. Yeah. Because if they start the series with Newman versus Borma, yep. and let's say they lose like five rip and they never really had a chance, is it just all the more demoralizing and making that mountain taller to climb for games two and three that weekend? No, it is. It absolutely is. And if you lose that first one with your ace of the staff, where do you go from there? It's not easy. So well, you go to Tyler Van Sice, but yes. I, you, I understand. You wish, yes. Theoretically speaking. Yes. Right. I understand where yes. they're going to go next. but. Superior was able to do it, and they actually won the third game of the series against Northwestern. So it can be done. If anything, though, I would say Crown is looking at maybe pitching Newman in a different game against Northwestern rather than with Borman. I don't think Northwestern is going to read too much into it. I am interested to see what they do, though, because yeah. are they going to go with the same three, or does Sam Ludzak get a start in the rotation? Because, sure, you can work with three guys right now, Ryan, if you want for the regular season and even maybe the conference tournament. But if you have aspirations to make a run even in postseason play, you're going to need Sam Ludzak. You're going to need four starting pitchers versus three at some points. I'd be interested to see how they handle that and if Ludzak gets a start this weekend. Well, and the plot also thickens on another front, Wyatt. We talked about, again, Crown has not played a ball game since the 29th of March. They have not played in April yet, Wyatt. They are chomping at the bit to get on the field Saturday. Northwestern was supposed to play against the rival down the road, the Bethel Royals. Yeah, it's a non-conference tilt, but they were supposed to be playing actually when we speak, or maybe they were going to be wrapping up soon, but a double dip on Wednesday the 6th here when we're talking. That game got canned, so Northwestern also will have not played not as long of a break as Crown, but not since Saturday. So everyone's fresh. Everyone's up and rearing to go. And maybe that helps Northwestern to say, okay, now we don't have to worry about whatever arms that we potentially were going to have to use Wednesday in games that, yeah, they would have liked to win. Again, it's not a UMAC game, but they want to beat Bethel. Okay, you can be sure of that. What? Okay. Put on your manager's cap, White. It's already you on. You know, Heeb. It's, it, it's been on. <laughs> you know, Icom. You know, all those guys. Which one? Which what one? do you think they do Saturday at noon? Who's Ge- on the bump? Geikum or Jaikum? Which one? You're going to do that to me. <laughs> okay. Who do I think they're going to pitch in game one? Yes. Yes. I think they probably keep it the same rotation that they had, quite honestly, at this point, And they go either drinking or Ludzak game one. And then you come back with the duo of Borma and Crab. Well, actually, no, It's di- you're right. I, I, I apologize. I had a Stephen A. Smith moment there for a second when he's talking about Spencer Ware and he's not playing. They're not playing Friday anymore. They're playing Sunday, so they have two games right away. So, honestly, I bet they go Borma and Crab on Saturday. and then it's they, a double dip? Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to try and keep those two on the same day when they play two games, just based on what we saw last weekend and with how they like to throw those two last season. And they're going to maybe try to keep those on the same day. That's just my opinion. So then with this series and with the change, you come back game three with either Drinken or Ludzak. So I would expect Borma game one and then crab game two. And the reason the position player pitches game two 
is so that he doesn't have to go back out in the field. I know Borma plays in the outfield a little bit, but Crab in the infield as a shortstop, you don't necessarily want him to pitch game one and then go out there in game two and have to play yeah. shortstop. So Borma won Crab two. That's what I would assume. Plus, yeah, I mean, you're more active at short than you are in left field where Owen is, and we he know may have Bryce to make was a couple this weekend. Of, yeah, he may have to make a sure. couple of throws. You're probably more likely to have to make more throws at shortstop than left field, though. Real, real quick, because we didn't touch on it. Scale of one to ten, how impressive was that Javi Baez play from Bryce Crab end of game one, where he's sliding in the wide throw down the horn from Hamilton? He gets the catch and the tag all in one. That that reminded me of Javi. I love Javi. See, I'm a mixed emotions guy with Javi, to be honest. I think he's one of those guys. People, he's he's okay. He he's not as good as people well, think he is. But now, anyways. now, unfortunately, he's not as relevant in Detroit. No, That's, no, yeah. It was good. I've seen him make better plays. I mean, you've probably seen him make better plays. So it's at the point where I'm like, I'm not. Wyatt Morrell, not impressed. I'm, I'm wow. not. That's I'm what not, you expected. <laughs> I'm not even that impressed by it because it's just like you expected almost. I mean, we know what an athlete he is. So it was good, but he he's had better plays. If that's actually what you want me you, to. You want to see him dive deep in the hole between third and short, one knee, hurl it across the diamond to first, and then tell me that, Ryan, that is impressive. His best play is the one in the regional against Misericordia. One knee. Yeah. Yep. You, you the know quick exactly side what I'm swirl. From, yep. from second yep. base. So, so that's the standard that he has now, basically, if you want me to be impressed. Yeah, okay, so so back to the pitching. As a fan, wide, I got to be honest, there's a chance I'll be there for game one Saturday because St. Bonnie's not too far away from my neck of the woods, but we'll see what happens. I'd love to see Borma against Newman because you've talked about it already a couple times on this pod. That lived up to the billion, wouldn't you say, in that matchup in game one of your guys' series last year on that gorgeous Tuesday afternoon out in Carver? It did, and there was a lot more at stake then, not that there isn't a lot at stake here but you knew what was at stake then versus who knows where we'll be at in a couple of weeks in the standings so it, it it's still gonna build build up and live up to it don't get me wrong and it's a big deal it just doesn't have the same feel or flair though as it did last year but yes i i think yeah. it would be better if they pitched against each other as far as just a viewership point of view goes i mean that's what we would want to see it doesn't mean it'll necessarily happen what what's your prediction for this series and Play this out in your head however you want. If Newman pitches against Borma game one, if you think they save him or vice versa, however you think they're going to play it out, what do you see this series turning out as? I'm taking Northwestern takes two out of three. And it's tough for me to say which ones because I don't know the exact pitching matchups that are going to happen. But I have some questions. And I have a lot of questions with Crown too. Okay, I want to see their offense potentially in person, how deadly that lineup is up and down the order, and even when they're not getting on base, how stressful it is on Northwestern's arms trying to get through that order, and are we going to see more of the bullpen? Because that was one of my bigger questions from last weekend, Wyatt. Aaron pitched at the end of Friday, as we mentioned, Aaron Severson we're talking about. You would agree that he's their most high-leverage go-to arm out of the pen, correct, for Northwestern? Yes. Yeah. Pro- probably. I was thinking about. Well, it who's last. even close? Who's well, even close? They moved Drink into a starting role now. Otherwise, obviously, I think he would have been in that conversation. It would appear he's going to stay in a starting role now, though. So then, yes, it would be Severson, no question. So I was kind of a little bit surprised, unless I missed it, that I didn't even see him loosening up to throw Saturday in game two because he didn't play. He wasn't in the lineup even because he played the last two games, and then he didn't come in late. And I get it, like, maybe Northwestern's coaching staff more than anyone else in the UMAC. I don't have exact proof for this, but they ride or die with their starters deep wide. 
You've seen it before on the diamond. Even when they're in a lot of trouble and some other teams are going to have a quicker yank, they're going to roll with their starter even after the dam breaks a little bit. They're going to say, we're going to trust you to patch this thing up with some flex seal and figure out a way to get out of this thing. So, all that being said, what? Why are you giving me that? No, the, the flex seal reference. I just think of how he's always like, I saw this boat in half. <laughs> yeah. uh, great infomercial. Great infomercial. Good, good anyway. stuff. Anyway, uh, I lost my train of thought there for a moment. But what, what my are you, question, uh, what, what I'm saying is my question for Northwestern this weekend, are we going to see more from the pen? Are we going to have to see more from the pen? If it's getting a little more slugfestian early in the game and it's back and forth offense, you're not going to be able to ride with your starter as deep. Is it a moment where we potentially see, like you said, if it's a Luddy who gets the call and Drinkin's not on the chart this weekend, is that a spot where we see Nick Drinkin come in the game? Fifth, sixth inning in a longer role where it's not late in the game and you use one of those guys who's ever not starting because I think we could have to see more of the bullpen this weekend for Northwestern, and that's my biggest question why. If we have a game that Northwestern needs to put up five, six, seven, eight, first off, where does it come from the lineup, and then how do you get your pitching to get through that contest? Yeah, I don't know. The lineup question, your guess is as good as mine right now. I don't know what they're going to do with the lineup exactly. They got some things they need to figure out. They got to be able to score runs. It's just it has to be better if they want to accomplish the what order. their goals are. Yep. Yeah. Well, even yep. up there, too, outside of really, I mean, Crab, the top four, basically, with Peyton Christensen when he's been in the lineup at number one, I'd include him in there with Crab, Peterson, and Verko. Those four have been delivered. And Verko, even to be honest, he needs to hit better for average. I mean, he's got the long ball, but his average is way down. So I don't care. If he's hitting home runs at this well, rate, I don't care. You're, you're right. <laughs> I'm a home run guy. <laughs> if he keeps up this pace, but is he really going to keep that pace no. up is the question. The balls so, aren't going to keep leaving the yard. No. So he's got to start hitting a little bit more for average as well with that. But those guys have been delivering for the most part. Yeah, it's the other guys in the lineup. Can they step up? So I'll be interested to see what they do there. I don't have an answer for you as far as how they're going to get it or where they're going to get it from. And then on the pitching side of things, if there was ever a weekend where you're going to need to see more arms, like you said, it would be this weekend against Crown's lineup. They're not going to face a lineup in the UMAC that is theoretically as deadly or has the potential to be as deadly as Crown's does. So if there ever was a time to see more arms, it would be this weekend. So I think all arms are going to be ready to go for Northwestern. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see it, though. I mean, Crab and Borma could pitch gems and even Drinken or Ludzak, whichever one they go to, could do the exact same. For all we know, you could see three, four guys again this weekend, and that's it. So it'll just depend. But, yes, every arm will be ready to go, and I would be surprised if we don't see a couple guys come out of the pen because I think Crown's offense is going to produce some runs. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to put a number on it, but I would be surprised if we only see a total of four arms this weekend for Northwestern. When you have whatever the three starters are and then you add Link, uh, excuse me, Ludzak or Drinkin and then Severson in the mix, whatever, I think we're going to have to see more. If you don't, I think that's a great sign for Northwestern if their hand isn't forced. Because if I'm Crown, I'm saying let's force their hand in at least one or two of these games. My prediction for this series, by the way, I really wanted to lean Crown here, especially with the way Northwestern's lineup has been recently. What do you mean by lean? Like win the like series? Like have them win the them? series, yes. Like I, not sweep them. I would never, especially, here's the deal. Borma's, I was going to say, you're going to be getting some phone calls. Borma's pitching a game, Ryan. If Borma's ever pitching a game, to me, I'm always going to take Northwestern to win that game until somebody beats them, right? I mean, you never pick against someone who hasn't lost a UMAC conference game before. But similarly, as long as they still have Crab throwing another game, I am going to take Northwestern to win this series. Now, 
I don't know if Crown will be able to beat Crab or win the other game, whether it's Drinkin' or Ludzak that starts, but I think they could take one of those. I'm going to pick Borman the other one, and then I think Northwestern wins the series two games out of three. I think Crown could easily win the series. I would not be shocked. If Northwestern hits the way they did against Superior, Crown's winning this series. That's just the bottom line. And then all of a sudden, this conference picture for the future gets real interesting. Like, the difference between the Eagles taking two out of three and the Crown Storm taking two out of three is massive and especially for the fact that they get them on their turf and they don't have to come to reynolds field that place better be alive this weekend talking about fan bases why i don't care that's not on campus it's still in st bonnie get some mac and thunes and some smoke meats and get on down there saturday afternoon sunday afternoon there better be a buzz because if there's not this weekend weather aside i mean it's, oh, no, it's supposed to be nice, isn't it? It's supposed to be like low 50s and then high 50s Sunday. Your nice there is a lot different than my nice up here in Crookston. Let's just put it that way. But uh, here, here's the deal, Ryan. If Crown, mark this down. Mark the time stamp it here in the podcast. If they win this series, they will win the regular season UMAC title. Wow. It and, is and all on the line. I do. I think it is. Second cause, weekend of April. Because think about it. If they win this series, they only have one loss. If they sweep, obviously, they're they're in just golden position. Even if then, they, then it's over. Then I think you're doing a, the Vince Carter, it's over? I think it's somewhat over regardless because they will have Bethany on the schedule still. But with the way they hit, I like their chances against Superior to sweep them. And even if you take one from Bethany... You're, you're, you own the tiebreaker over Northwestern. You could afford to lose the Bethany series as long as you sweep Superior. Crown wins this series. There's not going to be a team. Northwestern won't be able to catch them. I'll say this. Bethany still could, depending on what happens with Northwestern in that series that's coming up still. But if Crown wins this series, Northwestern's not catching them the rest of the season. And bonus for Crown White, they don't got to see Bethany until the last weekend of April. And it's in St. Bonnie. You get Bethany and Northwestern at home. And the way you're hyping up these matchups gets me excited, Wyatt. I'm going to call it. It's a top five, maybe top three weekend for Crown baseball in program history. I mean, when has there been this much hype coming into a season for Crown? And I'm not a UMAC baseball historian like you are. I don't know what happened in the 90s and 80s, but I'm speculating a little U- bit. I but... don't think the UMAC was around in the 90s or 80s. It wasn't. Right? Right. But uh, it wasn't. If, if, if we want to go that route, I don't even know if some of these schools had baseball teams back then for all I know. <laughs> it's big. It's big. It's real big. I think. I about... mean, on a scale of 1 to 10 for how big a weekend can be for Crown baseball, what is it at? Well, so their series with us last year at the end of the regular season was the biggest series, I think, in program history for Crown. This season is probably the most anticipated season in the program's history. And this weekend series now flash forward to this weekend, 8 out of 10 maybe, 9 out of 10. I mean, this this is as big as it gets just about, Ryan. I mean, yeah. with, the, the only thing that can make it bigger is time of year. I, I agree. Exactly. That's the only thing that's preventing this from being a 10, in my opinion, is because we just won't know until three weeks from now how big this actually was. But I think Crown wins this series. I really think it's their conference to lose. It, it really is. And if they lose it, vice versa, Northwestern, it's similarly kind of theirs. And then Bethany's kind of the wild card. They're sitting back because they don't have to play Crown till late. They don't play Northwestern right away like Northwestern's playing Crown here. So Bethany's still going to be in that mix, but they're going to have work to do regardless after this weekend because Crown and Northwestern will have made themselves the front runner after this weekend. I could go so many other directions, but I just hope this this weekend series, I want to see high-leverage situations Severson on the mound with guys on base in the game at hand, and then Van Dam on the other side with guys on base in the game at hand. I want to see relievers in big spots. And don't get me wrong, Wyatt, 
like I said before, the first thing I want to see is Saturday at noon. I want to see what what is Newman's number? Is he thirty three? I know you're not a big numbers guy, so you're gonna give me the look. Like Ryan, who do I look? Yeah, like? something like that. I mean, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I I I don't recognize people based on the number on their jersey. I I have it here. Not that anyone cared. Thirty four. My apologies, Mister Newman. I want to see thirty four climb the mound to start things off Saturday, and then I want to see number four get out there after him and. I kind of agree with your logic where I think it'll be Borma to start things for Northwestern, but if you're Crown and you're seeing that same thing, are you saving Newman? That's my biggest question. Then everything from there, we'll see what happens. And and exactly. We'll know in a couple days here exactly. It should be fun. What else do we have to preview here this weekend, Ryan? I'm going to turn it over to you at this point because I've been on the UMAC website. They're going through some changes, and it's just not working. So uh... I... I need, tough I, I, need, I need you and people who know that we're recording right now on uh, Wednesday, April 6th have maybe gone to their website today. It hasn't, they're going through some changes and it's, it's been tough, but uh, <laughs> do you know what else we have to predict? Bethany superior, huge series out in superior. And we saw superior play this past week and both you and I did, whether in person or on the stream. And we kind of have some questions maybe about Bethany, but we know we're going to see Fierstad for one game. And similarly to what we talked about with this series, Wyatt, are we going to see Fierstad versus Rodriguez? That's my big question. And then from there, who knows what happens. But well, as a baseball fan again, I want to see Rodriguez versus Fierstad. And I know Curtis didn't have his best showing, but he he will pitch in this series again as well. You know he's going to pitch at some point. Those two guys are always going to start, and then they're just kind of, you know, it depends on what they do in that third starting role. I... I think Curtis is just as valuable if he's got his best stuff. I really do. I think he's just as good. I think as he let up like six runs, yeah, hey, I want to hey, say, against hey, Morris. He, he did. He had a tough outing. I'm not I'm, okay. I'm not going to deny that. I think when he's, he's bouncing got, back, you're saying. Okay. I think when he's got his best stuff, he, he is just as good of an option as Fierstead is. So, to me, that's the big question with Bethany is what are they going to get from their pitching this weekend? I, I, I know what they can do at the plate. They've got a lot of hitters, and they put up runs against Morris. Similarly, they could probably do the same against Superior but they're going to need better pitching. And so this is a big weekend to see if they can get that on the road. And for Superior, build off this momentum. I mean, you lose this, well, you lose the series, but take a game. It's not the worst thing in the world. You get swept, everybody's going to forget about that law or that win against Northwestern pretty quickly. So you got to make sure you don't get swept this weekend and come ready to play and give Bethany everything they can handle. I want to wedge this in here real quick, Wyatt, before I forget, because I did hear after we recorded our last pod before we're talking tonight, I was wrong. We we didn't know that this was a thing. Apparently this season in the UMAC, when we're looking at forecasting the UMAC tournament coming up next month, it's not five. There's and, just and four why, teams making it. Why did it get switched again? I don't... I The explanation I got compared it to what they're doing for basketball, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I don't know the exact logic. You're shaking your head. I agree. Because they, let me, everybody, t- they let everybody in for basketball. No, yeah. So how, it, does, well, how does this compare? I don't get it. Because then they get to the next stage, and it's just four, I guess. But here's the deal. I always thought it was a fun start to the tournament to have that knockout game, the play-in, to get to see the number one, and then it just makes the regular season more compelling heading down the stretch just because we got that extra team. Yeah, it, it makes it more compelling for two aspects. One, it makes more teams involved at the end of the season, even down to like a six seed, and for all we know, a seven seed maybe is a game or two away from getting in. They're all still fighting for a spot. And two, the top three seeds get rewarded for not you exactly. know having to play in the playing yep. game. So there's two aspects to it. So yeah, that's a little disappointing to me. I wish it was five teams. I like that format a lot. I agree. I, I don't know what else to say on that. But th- I just mentioned that because you and I, you know, talked we, to we had not season. addressed it, seemed, it yet. 
but and it seemed pretty clear cut. We have that top tier that we've talked about where it's Northwestern, Crown, and Bethany in some order. And then from there, it's probably Superior and Morris next to each other. And then they're like, well, we don't have to stress about it too much after that because 4, 5, 5, 4, it doesn't matter. Superior and Morris both get it in. Those, oh, halt, halt. Those are by far the top five teams, I think, Ryan. I don't think anybody would really argue with that. It makes it really interesting, the one team you could argue at this point, with the way Superior and Morris have played early on, they could both still make it in the top four. I mean, it could be a different team that gets left out. I mean, there is a case I think that could be made. Who is that team? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. I don't know for sure. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm saying it is a possibility though. I mean, last weekend of the season, we got superior playing at crown. I mean, are those games compelling with the spot on the line? We more can only than, hope more than likely it is going to matter for somebody. Yep. That's all I'll say. So yeah, no, it, it makes it very interesting and it's a whole nother dynamic. And you look at these games even a little bit differently now this early in the season and these wins and losses, the results, it all changes. I know people think, oh, it's just one team that doesn't get in. How does it change that much? No, it does. And my goodness, do these games in early April mean more? That's, that's, that's you, really all I got to say. You start picking on this series because I did the last one. Who do you got this weekend? In Superior, I said it before, I'll say it again. You better get on down, Superior fans, to NBC Spartan Sports Complex to watch them face the Vikings. As of now, we've had some you know, weather clipping stuff where stuff's getting pushed back. Out in Wisco, they're still trying to play. Friday the 8th, the one game, and then it's the double dip on Saturday the 9th. So we're going to cross our fingers that they get the three games in one way or another. Who is winning this series, Mr. Morrell? So we got this one right, both of us, last time when it was Bethany and... Morris. Morris. Yep. We each had two out of three. I think they sweep them. I think Bethany gets a clean sweep. I think Superior, obviously, uh, they're riding high. Don't get me wrong. They could even win this series, potentially. I think it's that close. But I think Bethany is going to surprise some people and get a sweep here. I will ride or die with that prediction with the Vikings. We talked to Coach Oaks. You watched him play a lot last weekend. You saw him pick up the win, but you're just Mon- not impressed. Monumental win. <laughs> but you got to do it more than once. Let's see if they can do it again. I think Bethany... And they're at home. They're in the friendly confines, Wyatt. They're not even on the road this weekend. Hey, say what you want. I'm going Bethany with a sweep here. I, I have a feeling about it. I don't know. I, I'm riding or dying with the Vikings. Plus, they lost the game. I think they're going to be on high alert themselves, like you said, as they need to be. I think they'll be ready to go. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see, too, what we get out of Tappy. I mean, I want to see Rodriguez, too. And I keep saying see. I'll, I'll be doing other things. I maybe won't be able to watch a lot of these matches. But as far as box scores go, I'd love to see Fierstad against Rodriguez, how that shakes out. I'm going to take Bethany wins the series, but they're not sweeping. They're going to take two out of three. Superior is going to find a way to get a victory again. And can they once again, Wyatt, against the top team in the conference, can they be in all three games in the latter innings and have a chance to win late? Seems like the safe pick. You're just going the safe route. Well, they'll get oh, two yeah. out. Of, they'll get two out of three. It's. A I don't have prediction. as much knowledge as you do. You know, you've been able to look these Bethany guys in the eyes and really see their fire on the diamond. I don't have that luxury. You know, that that's exactly what it was when I was making this prediction. Was that look in their eye that I saw from a year ago, Ryan? That was that was it. You know what drives these guys on the inside more than I do. Fair enough. I, I, hey, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. You're not. You're not wrong by any means. So, okay, that's that series. Is there anything else as we start to wrap this up that we need to keep an eye well, on? Well, it's tough, and you know, 
for those listening, for the other teams that are at the bottom of the conference, we apologize. We know they've had some cancellations as well. I mentioned Martin Luther was supposed to play this past week against Crown. Yep. It didn't happen. What I'm seeing on the schedule right here, Wyatt, I guess we could predict this one. At the moment, we're supposed to have Martin Luther hosting Northland. So I'll just let you pick. There's supposed to be one on Saturday and two on Sunday. Martin Luther hasn't played for a while. Northland hasn't played since freaking March the 11th. They haven't played in the Midwest since the first week of March, and it was indoors. They have not played an outdoor whoa, game in the whoa, state whoa. of Minnesota easy, this season. Easy, easy, You're freaking out on me here. Okay. I think with that being said, Northland is going to take two out of three then. I think Martin Luther gets that conference win that we've been talking about leading up to. They're going to get a win this weekend. Let's go, Knights. Just a win, though. Still not a lot. Yeah, no, Northland's going to win the series. I'm not going to pick Martin Luther to win a series. Baby steps, Ryan. Baby steps. I'll agree with you. I'm looking some things over here, and both of them are going to be well-rested. We'll hope they get the games in. But, yeah, we're going to take Northland two out of three. And then I'm just going to make sure here, and, again, stuff is constantly evolving, and we got clipping penalties with what's going on with the UMAC website. So please bear with us here as we try to navigate this stuff. See, see, you're missing football season, too. I can tell. All these references to the clipping penalties. So yeah, you're, you're I missing. say that even even when it's not football. I we got the draft coming up soon. I'm I'm looking forward to that eventually. But it's all eyes on uh, Augusta National this weekend as I'm just rambling along here. Okay, North Central this weekend, Wyatt. This matters. Okay, it's not three games. Don't ask me why. But at the moment, there's one on Saturday. No, there is three games. I read it wrong. There's two on Saturday. There's one on Friday in Morris. Okay. Cougars are hosting the Rams. We got to predict these two. Why? Cougars took one this past weekend. North Central hasn't played since they were dusted by Northwestern, so they're fresh. They haven't played in April. Cougars coming up with the sweep. Dusted. I like how you say that. They were dusted. Um, yes, I think they do. I think it's closer though. I mean, this is a game for North Central. Can they hang around and at least one of these games make it interesting? But, yeah, after losing to Northwestern the way they did, we got some insight, by the way, from a North Central player. I want to shout shout that out. He never said if I should use his name or not, so I'm not going to just for the sake of that. So, But a player from their team did reach out to us, gave us some nice insight, and kind of like what we suspected, Ryan. They're a very young team this year. There's not a whole lot that they returned. And similarly, just looking at them moving forward, they're kind of building up for the years to come is kind of what it sounds like. So they know going into it, it's going to be tough with the young team that they do have. With that being said, I do think Morris is going to get the three wins this week, but it could be easier or or it could be more difficult than expected, I should say, because I think North Central can compete with Morris. Morris isn't the kind of team that's just going to blow some of these bottom of the conference teams out. I mean, they can compete with the top, they could also lower their uh, standards and level at times, at least in the past. That could be a case this weekend, and I think North Central can hang around in some, but I will take Morris to get the sweep. So it feels like, from what I'm hearing and what we've seen so far this season, if North Central does win, it may have to be like a 8-5 to five or an 11-7 to seven or a 14-11, to 11 and the game just gets out of whack, but their offense does enough. One of those weird games where the ball's hopping all over the field. Yeah, yeah they whether yeah. it's just they're getting hit by pitchers, they're walking, airs, whatever it may be. They find a way to score runs, and then, yes, Morris just doesn't quite have what they would normally have at the plate, and they find a way to win a game. That that's To me, that's really the only way I see North Central winning a game. If you're the Cougars, Wyatt, I mean, I think if you're Coach O'Brien's club, you're saying this has to be a sweep this weekend. we got to validate what we did 
in Mankato and prove that, you know what, we're not going to be this roller coaster. We're going to be more consistent. Like you said, in the past, they've kind of lowered their level to some of the lesser teams and then raised their level a little bit. This has got to be a convincing sweep if they're serious about getting into that number four slot and being in the UMAC tournament. Well, see, I would disagree. I mean, if they win all three games, who cares? You just got to win all three games. You don't have to do it convincingly. If you get the wins, you okay. get the wins. Right? All right. I want to see a 16 to 14 game. That would on be Saturday. Something. By the way, going back to North Central, just some of the other things. Keep an eye on, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Tegan Hovland. He's a freshman, I guess. Came from St. Cloud State, apparently. So, Ooh. get a transfer from St. Cloud State. I mean, that, that could be something they're building towards. And then they only have four returning guys that threw last year in total. So, there's a lot of new faces, arms. And like I said, very young team, only three guys, according again to the source that we had reach out to us, three guys that have been there for more than two years. So it's just, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot, let's just say that they need to build towards and a lot that they have to kind of build from the ground up. Good to know. I haven't said it officially, but I'm taking Morrison a sweep. So we, we agree on that one. And that that's all we got. And why we're just going to keep our fingers crossed. We mentioned eight teams, all eight teams are scheduled to play. Let's get some games in, all right? There's been some issues in the Twin Cities, but there are brighter days ahead. Next week looks like some rain for what I looked at early on, but the temperatures are warmer. We're not going to worry about that next, until next week, I should say, but it should be a fun weekend. I mean, the big ones, like we said, are in St. Bonnie, and they're in Superior, and uh, a lot could change, and I think a lot will change. Yeah, indeed it will, and we're looking forward to it. We're going to roll with the punches and see what happens, but hopefully everybody gets on the baseball diamond this weekend. Should be a lot of fun all over the conference. That's going to do it for this episode of Unlike Any Other, the UMAC. Again, the shameless plugs. We're on Twitter, Unlike Any Other, the UMAC. If you have any information, you want to reach out to us, let us know what's going on with your program. We we appreciate it. I mean, we're not going to turn anybody away by any means. You can email us. That email address is UAO the umac at gmail.com feel free to reach out and uh, again follow us on twitter we're on uh, pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts the main ones obviously are apple Podcasts, spotify things like that we post the links on twitter as well until next time this is unlike any other the umac and well we'll recap everything next week we'll talk to you then